Hi, and welcome to this tech interview special. Um, I am still officially on uh, podcasting summer holidays, uh, but I got an opportunity to uh, to grab the, today's guest uh, before we went away to the AWS summit to um, to talk about a topic that is uh, one of real interest and actually something I've come across in the last couple of weeks with uh, with a couple of customers. So I'm uh, I'm lucky to be joined today actually by returning guest to the podcast, uh, Robert Cox and NetApp. Hi, Robert. Hi. How are you? Well. Yep, I'm doing great. Thanks. Great. Well, uh, well, thanks for joining me today. And uh, the, the reason we're having a chat, Robert's been on before uh, talking about object storage, but his, his role has changed um, a little bit now at NetApp. Um, and, and he's involved in an area that, um, that I've had, uh, I've kind of come across this a couple of times over, over the last few weeks, where customers are starting to take advantage of Office 365 and software as a service models, um, but aren't aware of some of the challenges that come with protecting the data that they move into uh, into those platforms. Um, so that's what I wanted to explore today with Robert, and I wanted to grab this opportunity before we went off to uh, to speak at the AWS Summit. So. Um, so maybe uh, before we get started, though, Robert, and for those who didn't hear you first time around, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people a little bit about uh, what it is you do and what you do at NetApp. Sure. So um, I'm a senior product marketing manager for NetApp, and I manage a family of products we call cloud data services. And these are cloud services that customers can purchase to move, to manage, and to protect their data that's uh, stored in the cloud. And so the cloud is a really large opportunity, and I'm really excited to be working on a family of products like this. Yeah, and I think it's, um, it, it's a really interesting area right now. And, and as I said in the introduction, you know, lots and lots of our customers are starting to move to uh, software as a service models and, and Office 365 particularly. I think for many, that's their kind of first dipping, dipping of their toe into the software as a service uh, waters. Um, but I think one of the, there's, there's some challenges that come with that. But, but maybe to set some context for the listeners and maybe those who, who aren't looking at software as a service, I mean, how does that market look at the moment, Robbie? Now, what, why are people considering these kind of platforms? What's the driver for businesses to, to move to these kind of software as a service models? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no disputing it, Paul. Um, SaaS adoption is growing across all industries, verticals, and a wide range of industry applications, um, really globally. Uh, according to Gartner, by next year, uh, SaaS will become the dominant model for consuming new application software functionality for approximately 85% of all organizations. And the reasons, you know, so many are moving to this SaaS model you know, it's because it, it offers lower costs, um, ease of administration and deployment, and automatic scaling of resources, both, you know, to, to grow, but also if you need to shrink, and, and just the ubiquitous access and, and, and uh, of the data. You know, now that people are so mobile, they, they want to, you know, be able to get to that access wherever they are, and, and, and that's a really big driving force. Yeah, and I think that's something that, uh, you know, as somebody uses uh, Office 365 particularly uh, extensively, you know, we use that across our business, and we have a lot of customers that do. I think all those things that you're saying there, you know, and plus, of course, the, you know, that kind of commercial benefit of moving to an operational cost model, uh, you know, and, and, and removing some of the, um, I suppose, the day-to-day -day minutiae of, of having to deal with your on-prem email system and your on-prem, uh, you know, uh, d document repository, uh, you know, and, and then freeing your IT staff up to maybe to go and do, uh, you know, more, more valuable type of IT work. I think there's, there, there comes lots of benefits with that. Um, 
but I think there's a couple of risks that come with that as well, and, and particularly for some of our uh, some of the experiences I've had where where maybe people don't fully understand some of the risks of starting to move all of their data into these software as a service uh, kind of applications. So can you talk a little bit about some of the risks that you see and, and maybe some of the challenges that uh, that you've seen customers come across where they're moving their data into the, these kind of cloud platforms, but maybe haven't seen some of the risks that come with it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, certainly, you know, the, the SaaS offerings, you know, deliver a lot of these benefits that, that I was just um, talking about. Um, maybe the most popular, like, like you mentioned, you know, is the uh, Office 365. And so for a lot of companies, right, that uh, managed their Office 365 when it was on-prem, they would uh, back up their data and protect their data when it was, you know, on-prem. And uh, IT teams would, would back that up and keep that for years. Um, and the fact is that most IT leaders assume that backup of their SaaS data is included with the SaaS service. And it turns out that this is a dangerous assumption. Um, you know, again, according to, uh, you know, Gartner, a SaaS application like Microsoft Office 365 and it's true for Microsoft, but it's also true for other SaaS applications. The same holds true for Salesforce, as an example, is they offer robust disaster recovery. So they make multiple copies of your data, and they store that uh, those copies into uh, different locations. But they offer limited native backup and recovery. And, you know, it's because of this limited backup and recovery that's offered with the, the SaaS service that Gartner recommends companies using or evaluating Office 365 to consider investing in third-party backup and recovery tools for a faster, more flexible recovery options. So it's interesting that you say that, and I, and I think one of the things that um, that you know that we often see, and I, I talk a lot um, in my day-to-day role as as well as uh, shows I've done on this podcast, where we talk about this kind of uh, you know data security, compliance, uh, and control of these you know, really critical and crucial data assets that, that we have as organizations. Um, and I find it really interesting that often we will move these to a software as a service platform, to a cloud platform, and often, you know, often kind of give away the idea that we are now in control of this data anymore and that that data is no longer our problem. You know, and we just assume that our software as a service provider is going to uh, manage, maintain, and look after it for us. But from what you're saying and what you're describing earlier, that's, um, you know, if we focus on Office 365 particularly, that's just not the case. That's correct. What I call the best kept secret in the cloud is that most SaaS providers don't provide tools to back up and restore your data. And there are many threats out there. Um, you know, one is just synchronization issues, but uh, you know, more likely is um, users permanently deleting their own data, either, you know, accidentally or, or on purpose, um, ransomware attacks, uh, insider threats. Uh, you could have a, you know, disgruntled employee who leaves the company but still has access or is able to spoof another employee's access and encrypt or delete critical information. And uh, you need a way to recover from that. And a really good way is if you have a backup of your data in a separate protected domain um, that you can restore from. 
So, so that idea actually of backing data up, and you know, and, and I think you, you kind of touched on this before that, you know, traditionally if we built these solutions, let's take email. You know, if we built our email solution on prem, uh, and we've you know we built resilience into it, and we built availability maybe across multiple data centers. When we do that, we don't assume that our data will always be safe, and that we should then back that data up. You know, we we do that. You know, we don't assume just because we built availability that we we never need to protect our data. And I find it interesting as people move to cloud platforms that they, they start to feel that that's okay. Um, but what about, um, so, but sometimes what I do hear with this is that, that Microsoft within Office 365 do offer a number of things like a legal compliance and hold. They, they offer long-term retention, long-term archiving. I mean, it's the reasons that that's not, um, you know, it's, it's the reasons not to assume that that's good enough in a way of kind of backing up our data for, for keeping it and making sure we, we can always recover. Mm-hmm, and yeah, that's a good question because there, you know, there are some things that are available uh, in the SaaS service and you know, it's kind of important to understand your um, contract with the SaaS vendor and, and understand those features. Um, and Microsoft makes it really clear that it's a shared responsibility. And in the case of Office 365 in particular, you know, they call out that they're responsible for the core infrastructure security, which includes the storage, the networking, the application, and the compute. But they also make it clear that it's your IT team that's responsible for the data. And, you know, like one of our customers, an Ivy League university said, uh, you know, Unfortunately, I can't rely on Microsoft uh, to protect my data. And if we kind of get into the, you know, the details and, you know, what you get for your $20 a month per seat with a E3, which is the minimum subscription offered with a hold capabilities, you know, you do get, you know, deleted items. And that's handy, right? So if a user inadvertently deletes something, it goes into this deleted items folder. And it's really easy for a user just to click and drag and drop to get something back. So that's pretty fantastic. But what if a user wants to make sure it's no longer in the system? They can simply go into that deleted items folder and delete things from that permanently. And then when they do that, all the copies of it are deleted across the systems and across all the, the, the different data centers. And you mentioned that the legal holds. Yeah, they do have a, a capability for that as well. But when it comes to wanting to restore, and really the reason you're backing up the data is so that you can restore it, you don't have the granularity with that type of uh, feature, the legal hold, to restore an individual email or restore an individual file or restore a, someone's one-point drive. Um, you know, they, they don't they don't offer all the granularity and, and functionality. So, you know, you, you really need, um, and that's why the analysts like IDC and Gartner and Forrester are recommending, you know, a third-party tool that can back up the entire mailbox or SharePoint or OneDrive for business files because that's not offered with Office 365. That can restore the entire mailbox or SharePoint or OneDrive or allow you to search and restore individual emails or files uh, and be able to do this easily, you know, which is a one click restore without having to go through, you know, um, a, a lot of work. It's a good idea to, to you know, to, to, to look at a, a third party tool to do that. 
Yeah, and I think, again, yeah, I mean, there's actually a couple of interesting things there that you mentioned, and I, and I think people should really go and look at those uh, shared responsibility documents that, you know, the likes of Microsoft and, and Amazon produce, because I think they're an interesting read, because for, for lots of people, they're assuming that they're, particularly their public cloud infrastructure providers, are doing a whole set of tasks around their data that, that they're really not. So I think that's quite an interesting, uh, an interesting thing for people listening to this show to maybe maybe go and do, and I'll, I'll try and put a couple of those uh, links to those in the show notes. Um, but also the other thing that you're talking about there, and, and, it, you know, and, and as you're describing kind of that ability to have granular backup, granular recovery particularly, that you know, even with those kind of legal hold and compliance and archiving capabilities, I can do all of those things on-prem, you know, and I've, I've worked with lots of organizations where they've done exactly those things, but at no time have they considered that they won't then back up their data with some level of data protection just because they've got archiving and journaling and, and legal hold. They wouldn't dream for a moment of doing that on-prem. And I do find it quite interesting that as they move to cloud service providers, that they kind of abscond that responsibility and just decide that, oh, somebody else must be looking after that. When ultimately, and, and those shared responsibility kind of documents point this out, ultimately you're responsible for your data because in the end it is it is your data. Um, so you talked today a couple of times about uh, these kind of third-party uh, kind of backup applications. So, so what kind of things can they bring that you can't do uh, in, inherently within 365? And what kind of things, what kind of tools are available? What kind of tools can, what can those tools bring to kind of your Office 365 data protection? Sure. Yeah, so, so, so Net, NetApp has one of these tools. Uh, we call it uh, Cloud Control for Microsoft Office 365. And you know, Cloud Control allows for this granular backup and restore across Exchange Online, SharePoint Online, and OneDrive for Business. And it does this with no agents, so there's no software to install. Uh, you don't need to have any hardware. You don't need to have any NetApp equipment. There's no infrastructure for you as a user to manage. It's a 100% software as a service uh, that runs in the cloud. And, um, and that's kind of another aspect to this that the analysts are saying is that uh, it's probably a good idea when you're considering backing up and restoring your SaaS data to back it up and restore it in a different domain in a different cloud even than the, the, the one that the, the data is coming from so that if an insider threat or even an outside threat hacks and gets into your Office 365 account, they probably aren't going to have that same kind of access into another cloud account like, like AWS. And, um, you know, cloud control um, for Office 365 as a SaaS service runs in AWS, and it, you know, protects uh, the customer's mission-critical data uh, that's hosted in Office uh, 365, and, uh, you know, it, it's a, it's a subscription-based model, right? So you pay for the number of Office 365 seats that you have. You sign up for a one-year, two-year, three-year, you know, type subscription, and, uh, and then really it just becomes a a matter of a few, you know, selections, a, a click of the mouse, really, uh, within the service for it to start backing up your Office 365 data into um, AWS and an S3 bucket there. So, so what kind of uh, what kind of options does it give me in terms then of 
uh, backing up and, and maybe because you touched on this earlier you know particularly in terms of that granularity recovery you know what what kind of options does it give me you know you've mentioned that I can protect all of the data that sits in 365 so whether that's email stuff that I have in SharePoint or maybe things that I have in my kind of OneDrive for business account um, but but what what kind of levels of protection can I get um, you know how long can I retain the data for um, you know what what options do I have in terms of recovery as well yeah, th th those are great questions, Paul. Um, yeah, so so one is, right, you have that ability to, you know, with one service, um, back up um, all your, your data in Office 365, be it email, uh, SharePoint, or, or OneDrive. Um, you can also uh, set SLAs, um, and you can do that for, for different, you know, within those services or within, you know, users or group of, of users within those services. So you can have a, you know, a tier one SLA where you, you back up every, you know, 12 hours or you could set a tier two where you back up every 18 hours or you can set up a tier three where you back up every 24 hours. So you can kind of determine what your backup SLAs are. Um, that information, as I mentioned, is stored in an AWS S3 bucket, so it's there really for as long as you, you know, maintain the service and 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 that S3 bucket. And then um, you can also do on-demand backup um, if you wanted to say, hey, I want to back up this individual's email account right now. You can do you know on-demand. And then from a restore uh, standpoint. Um, you can uh, restore an individual's uh, mailbox. You can restore that to their original mailbox, or you could restore it to a different mailbox. And when you do a restore, uh, the emails that are being restored are restored with their original dates, so they they don't get changed, or you know the date of the of the, of the data being restored doesn't change to like say what the you know the current restore date, which is kind of an important point. Um, you can uh, search uh, on emails and files and restore individual emails or files. So, you know, if uh, the CEO uh, accidentally deletes the wrong emails um, permanently, then you can go back in your in your backup and search for that email or emails and and, and just restore those. Uh, so you get a lot of uh, you know, flexibility and and also granularity uh, in the ability to. Uh, to restore. In, in terms of that search capability, actually, you know, is, is that um, to, to what level can you search? You know, uh, can you search for kind of information within an email, information within a document, or, or is it just at the moment looking for kind of uh, you know, email subject lines and, uh, and maybe document titles, that kind of thing? Yeah, so it, it, you can search on, um, you know, like a, who, you know, the, 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 the account of the email, so you can search by someone's name. You can search on the subject. Uh, it'll it'll search on on words within the email. Yeah. And does it do that at a document level as well? Can you do kind of search for information within a document in OneDrive? I believe what within OneDrive, I have to go back and, and actually check. I don't know if it if it searches all of the the document. It may be looking at just the document uh, titles. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that, I, and, and even at that level, I think you know the ability to do those kind of searches uh, within, uh, you know, within information stored within an email, or be able to find a, a document title, you know, that that kind of stuff. Again, you, you know, you kind of alluded to this earlier on that actually with things like the compliance and hold, or particularly things like you know the recycle bin, that gets really difficult to do. And if I want to recover information quickly, um, you know, that that becomes a 
kind of a key part of being able to do that. You know, having a good index that allows me to, to find useful information. Um, and the more you talk, in a, in a, you know, I think um, maybe net up aside a moment and what they're doing with cloud control. Um, I think what's quite interesting with this is that is this idea that even if you move to a software as a service platform, that you shouldn't be treating your data any differently to you would if you were taking complete responsibility for it and, and building this in your own kind of on-prem infrastructure. I mean, is that the kind of advice that you'd be giving? Is that is that the kind of thing that you say to customers? You know, treat treat this data as though you were running it on your, you know, within your own data center because because ultimately the responsibility is the same. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's that's the message uh, you know that that we're communicating, and that's also the message that you know the analyst firms are are trying to get out um, as well. Yeah, and do you feel because I think like I said to you, I said before we started recording that you know, I've had a couple of instances recently where you know we've had this conversation, and and, and often I I think it's maybe just marketing of of solutions like cloud control that say that that people don't realize these things aren't getting backed up by their service providers. But, you know, I've certainly seen it in a couple of instances recently where I've been speaking to customers who are going through maybe 365 migration, and we've had the conversation about who's protecting that data. And actually, they've turned around and said, well, aren't Microsoft doing that? I mean, is that still a relatively common experience for you? Oh, exactly. Yeah. That's why earlier, you know, I call it the best kept secret. Um, and usually, um, you know, the customers that I've talked to, uh, they've learned uh, about this uh, issue uh, the hard way. They, they've had a, a mailbox corruption or a uh, employee uh, upload uh, an overwrite, you know, a file in SharePoint, and then call up IT and say, "Hey, can you get this back for me?" Um, and, and you know, they reach out to Microsoft, and there, you know, is no way to uh, to go back to last night or last week or, or last month and and pull up that version of the file um, because you know, once that file was uploaded, uh, you know, Microsoft made multiple copies of it and stored it in two different data centers, but the original is gone. Well, I, I think um, you know th 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 this is a it's a really important topic, and the reason I wanted to kind of do this as a as a bit of a special episode was that you know I think it is something that I'm seeing increasingly, and and I think it is something that people need better better education around. I um, mean, obviously, we've talked quite a lot about Office 365 and, and what NetApp are doing in that space with cloud control. Um, you know, and again, without maybe only, of course, only giving away what, what you can. I mean, are there any kind of plans that you can share for, for the future and what, what NetApp, or how NetApp see the development in this kind of market and, and maybe other services that they might bring along? Yeah, sure. You know, I, I can't speak to, you know, anything really, uh, you know, definitively, but, you uh, this this model, you know, as we were talking about, you know, this need to treat your that the your data uh, just like it you were managing it uh, within your own data center uh, through you know these uh, SaaS uh, offerings, you know, you need to back that up. So I could certainly see uh, NetApp exploring other uh, SaaS uh, solutions out there. Um, and, and offering a similar uh, backup uh, a solution for those. Yeah, because I think, again, as we see across across the piece, this is not just a Microsoft-specific thing that they're not offering a backup of data in Office 365. You know, we see this across the board, don't we, with, with other software as a service vendors where actually, you know, it, it's important that you understand 
that this is your data and your responsibility and make sure that your data is protected. Now, whether your SaaS provider is giving you that and if they are, great, but, but more often than not, that, that they aren't. So, so I think, you know, that, that, you know, some good advice in there to understand what your level of responsibility is. Treat this data because ultimately it is your data, so treat it in exactly the same way as you would and, and protect it the same way you would as, as if it was in your own data center. Um, and so if... Um, so actually, just one last question, talking about protecting data as though it was in your data center uh, before we wrap up. Uh, I mean, you talked before about uh, cloud control is something that uh, operates in AWS and allows you to, uh, to protect your data and back it up into a, an AWS S3 bucket. Um, but what if I wanted to back that data up uh, to, to my own data center? I mean, is there an option within cloud control either now or in the future to do that? Yes, um, there is an option to do that. Um, and uh, we have a, we call it bring your own storage. And if you have a, uh, a private cloud uh, that's using um, S3, and at NetApp we, we have a solution called Storage Grid WebScale that would do this. Um, you could uh, store your backup uh, on-prem um, in an, a, a private S3 cloud like uh, Storage Grid WebScale. Okay, so yeah, so, so I get the, the, the kind of the best of both worlds. I can maybe use cloud to do all the things we talked about right at the beginning. I built my own software as a service, but if I want that kind of robust data protection that I control, I can bring that back into my own data center. So, um, so I, I think, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of play around with cloud control, uh, you know, and I, I think it looks a really neat product, but, but, but importantly, it's dealing with an issue that, um, as, as we said earlier, I, I don't think a lot of people fully appreciate actually is an issue. Um, so, so if people want to find out a little bit more about cloud control or maybe even give it a try, you know, is, is there ways that they can do that? Yes, there certainly is. Um, we have a free trial. So if, if people go to netapp.com slash cloud control, all one word, um, you can click on the free trial and you don't need a credit card or anything like that. And uh, you can sign up uh, to try cloud control for free. And then also, um, you can go to the AWS Marketplace, uh, and if you search for NetApp Cloud Control, um, you'll find it there, and there's more information uh, in the Marketplace, and you can also sign up to buy Cloud Control from the AWS Marketplace. Okay, so that's great. So, you know, pl plenty of ways that people can find out a little bit more about this, and, and certainly to, to give it a try. And I know from my experience with, with trying Cloud Control out that, um, you know, it's really easy to set up, plug into Office 365 tenant, and, and be back in update you know, re really quickly. So, um, but well, that, I mean, that's great information, Robert. I mean, if people do have any other questions and maybe want to contact you, is there a way they can do that? Um, uh, you know, maybe reach on social media, Twitter, something like that. Sure. Um, you know, people can email me at robert.cox, C-O-X, at netapp.com. Um, and you can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's at S, like in Sam, uh, C-O-X-N-E-W. Uh, that's, uh, that's my Twitter handle. That's kind of a funny okay, story. Well, R, R. Cox okay. was taken, so... I went with F, but that's kind of strange. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. Um, I did know your Twitter handle, and always wondered why it was S rather than R. Um, so yeah, so you, so you didn't want to do R Cox number one. You went for uh, you went for something slightly different. I did, yeah. 
So, um, well, look, you know, that's been great, and I appreciate you kind of jumping on and, and doing this call, um, you know, before you headed out to AWS Summit. Um, you know, I, I believe people might be able to, if uh, they catch this show in time, will probably be able to see you present and, uh, and maybe find you and, and find out a bit more about what NetApp are doing in this space. Is that right? Exactly. Um, if, if anyone's in, in planning to be in New York and attending the AWS uh, Summit uh, in, in New York, I'll be uh, presenting there. And we're probably going to live stream that presentation to the web, so it'll be available to, to, for view as well. Okay, that's great. Well, look, Robert, I really appreciate your time. Um, for, for those not realizing when we're recording, I, I believe it's well, just, just after 8 a.m., isn't it, for you on the West Coast? Yes, it is. Yeah, so you, you had enough caffeine to sound uh, alive and well this time of the morning. So, um, look, Robert, really appreciate your time. Uh, th thanks for coming on the show, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again real soon. Great. Thanks, Paul. Hope you enjoyed our holiday special. For show notes and our previous Tech Interviews episodes, go to techstringy.com. Next week, the show is back from its summer break as I'm joined by a panel of people from the tech community to discuss the current challenges faced by business IT. If you enjoyed the show, why not leave a review so others can find it? And of course, you can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud or Stitcher, as well as other good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening.